0: This is Plant-Based Briefing, What is the Liberation Pledge and How Hard Is It? Part 1 by Jackie Norman at VeganFTA.com and I'm Marion Erickson, host of this curated content plant-based podcast where I narrate a variety of articles on plant-based and vegan living with permission in about 10 minutes or less every weekday. Today's article is longer so it's a two-parter, I'm reading part one today and then part two tomorrow. It's by Jackie Norman. She is a fascinating person. She used to be a dairy farmer for years and now has become an animal activist. She's with Vegan FTA. They create and share excellent content. I recommend subscribing to them at veganfta.com and following them on social media. So now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. What is the Liberation Pledge and how hard is it? Part 1 by Jackie Norman at veganfta.com. Anyone who's vegan knows the challenges of choosing not to exploit animals in a world where nobody else gets it. When it comes to social occasions in particular, it seems the greater the celebration is, the more fixated society is on the need to consume animal flesh and secretions in enormous quantities. Yet, despite the deep distress it causes us to be among them, many of us still feel obligated to grin and bear it for the sake of not offending our friends and colleagues or upsetting our family. I used to feel that way, too. I'd try my best to be lighthearted and not look too weird at social gatherings and family dinners. I'd sit with everyone else and pretend I didn't care that they carved enthusiastically into what used to be a chicken, or chew on what was once a cow, saying how fabulously tender and juicy it was, and I didn't know what I was missing. The day I took the Liberation Pledge several years ago, however, all that stopped I can't even remember where it was I first heard about it, but I was instantly drawn to it and knew it was what I wanted to do. I was through with trying to please people who didn't care. It was time to make my commitment to the animals official. I signed the pledge, my husband signed it straight after, and since that day, neither of us has looked back. What is the Liberation Pledge? The official website contains a good amount of clear and concise information and explains the history and logic behind it. The pledge itself has three components— Where people vow to 1. Publicly refuse to eat animals, live vegan, 2. Publicly refuse to sit where animals are being eaten, and 3. Encourage others to take the pledge. Part 1 and 3 are straightforward enough, especially when you're already vegan. It's the second component, to publicly refuse to sit where animals are being eaten, which is the most controversial. While it's an easy commitment to make to the animals, there's a good chance it won't go down well with your family and friends. Activists such as Rihanna Jameen shared how her decision to take the pledge most likely meant she would never be able to share a meal with her father or other family members again because they refused to eat vegan with her. For many vegans, the thought of not being able to do that would be too much to bear. But Rihanna felt strongly enough about her choice and that it was the right thing to do that she was okay with the situation. I can totally identify with that. It doesn't bother me at all that I will never get to share a table with carnists again, even those I love. I didn't take the pledge to offend or annoy anyone. I did it for the animals I fight to protect, out of respect for them, and I did it for me as a form of self-care, to protect myself from further emotional distress, the horrendous, gut-wrenching distress I never imagined I would feel in social situations when I first went vegan five years ago. Back then, I swore I would never turn into one of those vegans and assured everyone else around me that it wouldn't change me. At first, it wasn't a problem. I would try not to look too disdainful at my friends as they sat around me eating takeaway pizza covered with bacon and salami dripping with gooey cheese. But before long, all I could see were dead souls on that pizza. Innocent pigs and cattle who endured a life of misery and suffered beyond any of our worst comprehension were served up with molten goop, which started out as milk intended for a calf taken from a mother cow who'd had her baby stolen. As if that wasn't enough, it began to really upset me to see my friends and loved ones shoveling so much carcinogenic, fat-laden, hormone-filled animal protein into their bodies with so much gusto, particularly those who were already living with the consequences such as cancer and diabetes. Taking the Liberation Pledge meant that while I couldn't stop them from eating it, at least I no longer had to witness it or be traumatized by the vision of who they were eating. For me, living with the Pledge has been easy. I don't have a large family and I don't see them often as we all live a great distance apart. But when I do see them, I don't eat with them unless they also eat vegan. This is never going to happen with my eighty-year-old mother and stepfather, but they know I will not share a table with them and they understand that and are okay with it. It's actually led to some really positive and productive conversations, not just with my parents, but also with their similarly elder peers. I don't find socializing with others a problem either. If I get invited to a barbecue or dinner, I ask what time people will be eating and either go along to chat with people before or after the meal's over. People understand I still value their company and want to make an effort to see them, and they're totally happy with that. To date, I've never had a problem with anyone. It's not for everyone, but it's workable. I realize it's not so easy for everyone, however, so I asked some other vegan activists to share their experiences to gain more insight. Award-winning author M.C. Ronan told me her reason for not formally taking the pledge, although still doing her best to live by it. Quote, Socially, we do not accept invitations to events unless they're fully vegan. It did mean that our social circle has changed considerably and is now made mostly of other vegans. Yes, we still get the occasional friendly non-vegan barbecue invitations, to which we always reply with a polite no and an explanation of why providing us with vegan options isn't good enough. Family-wise, it's simpler, as our families live overseas, so we're at least spared the need to navigate explanations about why we would not come to a family dinner, holiday, or weekend. The reason I haven't taken the pledge formally is that there are still occasions when I simply cannot control other people eating corpses in my vicinity—work, for example— I never go to work events like Christmas parties, but even on a normal day, as I have my beautiful vegan lunch at a table in the kitchen, a corpse will be eaten at the table next to me. Stolen milk will be poured into countless mugs of coffee as I watch with a hollow heart. There are also big events, like conferences that I attend out of interest or relevance to my job, where the majority still have their blood food, even as I would be perfectly catered for with lovely cruelty-free food. And you'd be surprised how many times my vegan food, clearly labeled, is snatched by carnists but while my husband and I haven't taken the pledge formally, we do try to follow its principles as much as we possibly can. Zero Tolerance for Speciesism New Zealand activist Chris Gordon shared the many positives he has found in taking the pledge. For my first year and a half or so as a vegan, I continued to sit at breakfast, lunch, and dinner tables where meals that were made using animal flesh and made using things that come out of animals and their bodies like a cow's milk and a hen's eggs, were being forked into the mouths of others around me. I always felt extremely uncomfortable with that, and why, in my right mind, would I not? As a vegan, by definition, I am actively and vocally opposed to violence towards animals, not specific animals, but all animals. Not specific sorts of human violence towards animals, but all human violence towards animals. Where you might not tolerate seeing a dog being kicked and beaten, but you might happily sit and eat a product that involved a cow being shot in the head and cut into pieces in order to produce, I will not tolerate either of those forms of violence towards either of those animals. Where you might leave an angry comment on a post about a poacher having killed a lion, but you might happily give a thumbs up to the picture of your friend's barbecue where a dead pig's body spins on a spit, I will not tolerate either of those forms of violence towards either of those animals. If, in fairness, I would not be expected to sit quietly and comfortably at a table where other forms of violence and discrimination are taking place in front of me, then why should I be expected to sit quietly and comfortably while others consume products of violence and abuse towards animals who I care about across the table from me? When I first took the Liberation Pledge, I suspected that I might lose some friends who did not wish to eat fully vegan meals with me— I was actually surprised with just how many people will agree to eat a fully vegan meal that you've prepared or will go with you to a fully vegan restaurant or will at least choose a fully vegan meal at a restaurant that is not fully vegan when you're actually prepared to make it very clear and to stand firm in that you are not comfortable being sat at a table with somebody consuming meals that contain the bodies of animals whose lives you care about. You might think that I stopped being able to attend any and every family dinner, work function, and every other event where animals and their bodies were being served. On the contrary, the most recent meals that I've had with family members have been fully vegan ones, as my family now understand that is the option. What did I do when it came time for the first dinner outing for staff at my workplace? I bit the bullet, and I told everybody the truth. Boom! Staff dinner was held at a fully vegan restaurant, and that happened not once, but twice. The Liberation Pledge encouraged me to stand proudly and firmly for animals. And while not everybody around me has agreed to go to fully vegan meals with me, plenty of people have. And we've had some fantastic and progressive conversations around animal rights and veganism as they realize that vegan options aren't all that bad. I should mention that I myself became vegan after sharing a vegan meal with somebody who insisted that we eat vegan." You just listened to What is the Liberation Pledge and How Hard Is It? Part 1 by Jackie Norman at veganfta.com. And I'm Marian Erickson, your host. And tune in tomorrow for the second half of this article, which includes my experience with the Liberation Pledge. And Jackie Norman, I mentioned, is an amazing activist. She has a unique perspective because she used to be a farmer. So if you're interested in hearing more about that... Check out two episodes in particular, and I'll put links in the show notes. Episode 57, The Honest Truth, an interview with a former dairy farm worker. And episode 329 and 330, it's a two-parter, Who Would Want to Be a Farmer, The Burden on Mental Health. So those give a great inside look at the industry, what it's like from the farmer's perspective. And please share this episode with anyone who might benefit. And if you're listening on YouTube, please give a thumbs up.